Now, this is Health Matters with Patience. Your choice, your life. A very good evening. You're listening to my station, your station, ZFM Stereo. It's time for Health Matters. And uh, this is something that we do every single Thursday evening and uh, from um, 12, uh, from to 8.30 through to 9 o'clock. I know we've had a time change there, uh, but yes, this is what we do. If you do have any questions at all, um, if you have health issues and you need some help tonight, send a message to our WhatsApp 0731168045. My name is Patience Musa. And by the way, you can also communicate using our social media platforms. Uh, we are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're also on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can use those platforms as well. Wherever you're listening from right now, hoping that you are keeping warm. The weather has been crazy. And of course, when the weather is this crazy, uh, there's so many things that we have to do to take care of ourselves, our family. And um, also um, really important that we make sure that we have all the knowledge that we need to have. This morning, our expert is Dr. Herbert Nyakutsikwa. Uh, Dr. Herbert, Welcome. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. And yes, so if you do have any questions for, um, should I call you Dr. Herbert or should I call you Dr. Nyakutsikwa? My surname is pretty long. I think Dr. So Herbert, Dr. Herbert. Is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, don't don't say that because I take it all the way. I'll be calling you Dr. Herb very soon. <laughs> so well, you if, won't be the first. <laughs> if you have any questions at all for Dr. Herbert, send them to our WhatsApp zero seven three one one six eight zero four five. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about um, a, a different angle as far as uh, winter ailments are concerned and so today we're going to take it another level up and for those that missed out on that uh, segment you'll be able to catch up today now uh, when winter comes around there's so many things we need to look out for their coughs their colds and uh, and, and flus what is the difference what is the difference between a cold and a flu is there a difference all right, so that's that's a good question. So you know, the common misconception which we have is um, the two are synonymous, which basically means that uh, if you've got a cold, you've got a flu. You know how we say, you know, ah, you yeah. know, but when you flu, you know, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. But the the difference really is in terms of um, what causes the disease. Uh, because by right, when you talk of influenza, that's, a, that's its own standalone condition. When you talk of the common cold, again, that's also its own standalone condition. But the difference really is in terms of the types of symptoms you tend to have and also really? the severity of the symptoms. The thing is, you know, it's, it's just by basing it on, okay, if someone walks in, they're coughing, you know, they're feeling fluey, so to speak. You can't say, okay, this is a common cold, this is influenza. The line is not that simple, but it really does go down to what exactly is causing it and how severe the symptoms, is, the symptoms are. Okay, so what causes a cold? So a cold, you've got different types of viruses which cause the colds. So, of course, the commonest ones which you have are what are called rhinoviruses. Um, and then, of course, you also have got uh, other types of viruses called uh, respiratory sensitivirus. And uh, a fan favorite, coronaviruses as well. Okay. Not, not COVID. Uh, but, of course, uh, COVID is a type of a coronavirus. Uh, but there are plenty uh, of coronaviruses which are there. Um, which, of course, would cause uh, the common cold. But specifically for influenza itself, it is caused by the influenza virus. But there are different types of influenza viruses as well. 
And uh, so you're listening to my station, your station, ZFM Stereo. I beg your pardon. I think I said good morning. What I meant to say is a good evening. This is from working mornings for years. Uh, but look, this is um, Health Matters. And today we're talking about colds and all sorts of ailments uh, that just make us so uncomfortable in, in winter. So let's talk about flu. Sure. Mm-hmm. So which uh, what, flu are we talking about? Are you talking about influenza or are you talking about the common cold? <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> any questions at all you have for Dr. Herbert, who's our expert this evening, send them through to our WhatsApp, 0731168045. So, now you talked about, um, uh, you know, the different uh, causes mm-hmm. and um, at, the, at that time you were referring to uh, flus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So when it comes to colds then, mm-hmm. what what are the common causes of colds? Cuz when you're talking about what causes I, I thought you were going to say oh you know when you are when you freeze somewhere or you know you you get wet <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. And you get rained on and something so uh-huh, what uh-huh. causes um a cold? Okay. So with um any disease you have what are called uh, the causative organisms, okay? Or the causative factors to it. Uh, Simply put, you can regard this as what is going to actually result in the disease, okay? So we had spoken about the common cold and we had mentioned that uh, nice long list of the different viruses which are there. So what viruses do is they can only multiply if they're inside an organism. Okay. That organism can be a human being, um, more specifically the cells of a human being. Uh, cells are the bu- are the building blocks of um, what we then will call tissues, uh, which are then of course the fundamental aspects of uh, systems within our body. So once a virus enters a cell, it uh, alters the cell's ability to produce certain proteins, and then it then uses those proteins to then construct more copies of itself. Okay, so. Because it's the virus which causes the disease, you now have to look at what what increases the chances of you then getting the disease if you have been exposed to the virus, okay? okay. Or more specifically, what increases the chances of you being exposed to the virus? Oh. So growing up, one of the things we always we, we always used to be told was, you know, mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I'm sure we, we, we all see that as far as some of these illnesses go, the numbers do tend to go up more in the colder uh, uh, climates, in the colder seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason behind that, it's not as simple as, as we would think. It's not just a matter of, you know, so I'm going to catch a flu. No, 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 no. So there are issues to do with first and foremost <clears throat> excuse me there are issues to do first and foremost with um what happens internally with your body when your temperature is reduced okay and then there are also issues to do with uh this the, the atmosphere itself when it's cold the air tends to become very dry if you look at how a lot of these diseases are spread it's mostly through coughing sneezing okay what happens when you cough and when you sneeze? You have those viruses within um, the what we call the mucosal membranes of your body. As you cough, as you sneeze, you're going to release those as tiny little droplets that we call aerosols. And then they get into the atmosphere. And then they can only survive for a short period of time, though, depending, of course, on the type of virus. Some will, some will survive for a longer time than others. But generally, viruses don't survive for a long time 
outside of an organism where they actually will be able to divide and survive. Okay, so where the weather comes in, when it's cold because the air is dry, you find that a lot of these um, aerosols, they will not get dissolved to form larger droplets, which can actually just fall onto the ground or otherwise, which can otherwise get deposited onto surfaces, which is actually very important as we get to talk about ways in which you can then try to prevent some of these um, illnesses from actually coming aboard. So because you have these tiny little particles which are now floating all over the place, they are basically in the air for a longer time. And if anything is going to be in the air for a longer time, say we're in a closed space and I sneeze, I've got the flu, all right? And it's a very dry um, environment which is there it's not moist it's not humidified what's going to happen is that the chances of you then having enough of the virus entering your system to cause disease is going to be higher relative to if say for example the weather was warmer it was more humid oh Wow. Uh, 0731-168045. You explained that so well. Thank you very much. Uh, Dr. Herbert in the studio with me. And this is Health Matters. Um, let me give you that number again. 0731-168045. If you have any questions at all. Good morning to you, Tino. Good to know that you're tuned in. And... Um, Yes, a few questions already coming through. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but um, okay, let's uh, get into it some more sure, and sure. Uh, learn more about uh, flu and colds and uh, as well as coughs. Sure. So what will be happening in the body? Why is it then uh, sometimes when you get an, a flu or a, a No, I don't know what I've had. You a know, common we, cold. Let's we, we, a common, common cold. cold. <laughs> Why is it then that when you get a common cold, mm -hmm. it then turns into a cough? What happens in your body for that to happen? Is there anything that we can do to stop that? Okay, so in medicine, the general rule and the general principle we, we, we try to work by is prevention is better than cure, hey? So you remember earlier on we had spoken about um, how, of course, the disease will be spread from one person to the next, you know, that it has to exist somewhere first within another individual who will then spread it somehow, whether they cough or they sneeze, all right? So first and foremost... Um, it helps to try to manage production of those aerosols. Either if you're going to cough, you cough into your hand, but you have to make sure you wash your hands or sanitize your hands afterwards, okay? Or even into your elbow, okay? That's another thing which is also recommended. Um, with, the, with the coronavirus, um, COVID specifically, uh, what has happened is we've seen, because it's, it's, it's been mandatory to wear a mask in a lot of places, mm -hmm. um, the rates at which people would actually catch the common cold actually came down all right and this really was as a result of that being one of the ways which has been found to mitigate spread of disease in that manner but also at the same time now because you do have deposition of some of these viruses onto surfaces coming into contact with those surfaces with your hands all right that actually predisposes you to you then potentially contracting the disease because if you're going to touch a surface and then you're then going to touch your mouth or your nose that is a way in which you actually get to um, take up the virus into your system. Okay. All right. Okay, and, uh, and you know, like I said, a lot of questions coming through. Zero seven three one one six eight zero four five, and um, okay. So, so what are the? Are there any specific main symptoms? How do you um, then tell 
how do you then tell that this is definitely a common cold, uh, this is influenza? What are the major differences without without having done any tests at all, are there any signs that show that this is a flu, this is a cold? So it's, like I said, it's not, it's not, it's not um, a, a clear line to say, is this influenza? Is this a common cold? Okay. But um, you do have certain symptoms which would be more common, uh, say, for example, in a common cold relative to influenza, because the spectrum of the diseases is fairly different in the sense that the common cold is, is milder compared to influenza. I'm sure you've heard about how you sometimes can have influenza outbreaks. And we know that uh, on more or less a yearly basis, um, there are there are there are more or less outbreaks of influenza which actually happen. The strain might be different, but what research has shown is that because viruses tend to mutate, they tend to change, those outbreaks are actually happening. So specifically with regards to the common cold, how it usually starts, and this is information from the CDC, uh, Center of Disease Control, what usually happens with uh, the common cold is that the symptom onset is usually more gradual uh, compared to an influenza virus which would otherwise cause more, more of your abrupt onset kind of symptoms. With the common cold, you tend to have more of your nasal congestion. You tend to have more of the sneezing. Um, you don't you don't usually get chest discomfort, okay? Unless, of course, if it's now starting to complicate with something like a pneumonia, for example. And we'll talk about that later. Uh-huh. Um, but, of course, with the flu, again, it's not that you get these... You don't get the stuffy nose. You don't get um, the sore throat. You do get them, uh, but it's not as common as compared to uh, the common cold. Um, Sometimes you can get a headache with a common cold, more common though uh, with the flu virus itself. Um, With sneezing, it's more common with the common cold compared to the flu virus. Uh, And then what we call constitutional symptoms, which are otherwise symptoms which your body would otherwise experience, which are caused by the disease, which are not directly related to your respiratory tract. Things like fatigue, generalized body weakness, uh, muscle aches and pains, headaches, those things are actually more common with the flu which is influenza. I like it that you mentioned the chest because uh, my next question is, uh, I've heard something like a, a, a stomach flu. What is a stomach flu? So, you know, there are a lot of terms <laughs> which, are, which are used loosely by people. Um, We're abusing a lot of terms, right? Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But in any case, so what tends to happen again is with... The body, because it's trying to figure out what am I dealing with here exactly, the body has mechanisms in place which allow it to take bits and pieces of whatever the body comes into contact with, okay? Whether these are viruses, these are bacteria, what the body will do is it will take those things up, okay? Once it takes them up, it will break them down into very small little molecules which it presents to its immune system, What the immune system then does is that it tries to figure out what works against this. What can I I do to actually fight this? Then it produces what are called antibodies. Okay. Now, the places in the body where these things are done, um, basically, you've got uh, what we call the lymphatic system. All right. And then you also have what what are called lymphoid uh, tissue. So some of these lymphoid tissue, um, they are very close to... The surfaces of the body okay so all the way from the mouth 
down to the gut, to the intestines, you've got lymph nodes, which are they? So those lymph nodes, as you have a throat infection, because you're swallowing that saliva, which is carrying all those things which are there at the back of your throat, the viruses which are causing the infection. Inadvertently, they're going to end up in your stomach. The purpose of the acid in the stomach is actually to try to kill off and break down viruses and kill off bacteria. Uh, of course, as part of the immune system, some of those molecules are actually going to be... Um, presented to the immune system, not as active compounds, but as broken down pieces, which the body can then use to try to configure and produce antibodies to fight off that infection. Particularly, we see this in children because they tend to then have uh, those lymph nodes becoming a bit inflamed and that okay. then results in pain within the stomach. So the stomach flu of it is that, okay, you had a flu, but now you more or less have got some symptoms which you would not really expect with the flu. Well, uh, 0731 is our WhatsApp. Time is flying. And I say this to all my experts, but I, we're going to have to invite you back so we can really, uh, you know, uh, just uh, exhaust this topic. Uh, but if you do have any questions, there's still time for you to send it through to our WhatsApp, 0731 Health Matters with me, Patience Musa, and our expert, Dr. Herbert. Now, okay, so one has those symptoms, whatever symptoms they are, whether it's uh, the common cold or the flu, whatever, they have symptoms. Uh, what should they immediately do a lot of us me especially the moment i start to feel fluy i don't even play i don't want germs i I kid you not i will start taking everything that is in my house and i will make all sorts of concussions (laughs) because i do not like having the flu Uh but Uh i've heard people say that you should allow it to play out But I feel like the moment I feel it, I just need to chop, 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 get rid of it. What is the best way of dealing with the flu once you start feeling the very first uh, common cold, once you start feeling, (laughs) you uh, you know, the the first symptoms? All right. So um, it's multi-pronged in terms of how you manage that. So with viral infections, your common colds, the influenza virus, um, unless there are complications, which we'll hopefully get to discuss if time allows, what we want to do is manage the symptoms. Because it's the symptoms that are making you uncomfortable. Yes. We want you to be comfortable as a patient. All right. So the commonest things which you'll get, of course, first and foremost, might be a runny nose. You might be sneezing. You might be coughing. You can have a bit of a sore throat as well. All True. right. So to manage those symptoms, what we usually advocate for is, first of all, you need nasal decongestants. All right. That's a very big word, which basically means you want antihistamines, which will help to reduce the 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 the, the release of um, a chemical called histamine, which uh, makes those symptoms of the congestion. Oh, worse. so that's why they're called antihistamines. That's why okay. they're called antihistamines. Okay. <laughs> and then coupled with that, the other thing which is also useful is anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you can get some over the counter, um, like your ibuprofen for example okay um that also does help to reduce the congestion all right and then of course the good thing about anti-inflammatories is that they'll also help to deal with the pain which you might have associated with the sore throat say for example you do have a sore throat all right Um, because they will help to reduce the inflammation which is happening at the back of your throat and then the other thing of course which those will also do is if in the event that you have a fever those are going to help to bring down the temperature 
Okay. Okay. So, so it is important to at least take something. You you shouldn't leave it to just manifest and do whatever it wants with your body. Well, it depends on your level of tolerance, I would say. Can does it does it um and does it just end by itself if you don't take anything? So the beauty of a lot of these viruses is that the body, after a while, it figures out. Okay, fine. This is this is how this virus is shaped like. This is how I can neutralize it. And once it has not developed those antibodies against it, it of course can then be able to neutralize the virus, and that's how the disease will end. I like it that you said after a little while. What, how long is this little while? It really depends. Mm. It really depends from person to person. So people's immune systems are different from one person to the next. All right. There are a lot of factors which you need to think about when you think about that. First and foremost, the age of the patient, because what we have seen is that there are populations which we say are populations at risk. If, say, for example, a newborn baby catches the common cold today, all right, or maybe two-day-old baby catches the common cold because someone at home probably had it, all right, versus thirty-year-old me who's walking around. The baby is going to have it tougher because their immune system is not as robust as a 30-year-old's immune system, which has been exposed to a lot of viruses already. Including already does even have the, certain, the common cold itself. Even, yeah. the, even previous versions of the common cold. And I say previous versions because the thing with viruses is that viruses are very clever. They constantly mutate. And so by, you never have the same cold... Statistically speaking, it's it's very rare for you to have the same cold with the, or in consecutive seasons. It's very very rare because viruses are constantly changing. Wow. Think of think of COVID for example. Um, when we started off, we had one variant which was there, and then from one variant we went to another variant and then to another variant. So you know, the, it, it, it's it's a common trend which we see with viruses that they are always constantly changing. Mm. A question here, uh, does the influenza or common cold affect the unborn baby? Right, so in terms of specifically affecting the unborn baby, uh, to my knowledge, uh, no. Uh, But of course, if you then have the mother getting complications, uh, say for example, she's had a very terrible um, influenza uh, infection because remember I said influenza is more generally you would get more severe symptoms with influenza and then that then turns into a pneumonia oh. with a pneumonia what you're going to have is primarily your body's ability to uptake oxygen from the lungs is going to be somewhat compromised and already because the demands of a pregnant woman as far as oxygen goes she's not just taking up oxygen for herself she has also to take up oxygen for the, baby. for the baby as well if that's going to be compromised potentially uh-huh. oxygen supply to the baby can also be compromised so, so it's not necessarily uh, the case whereby uh, if a pregnant woman is pregnant uh, if a pregnant woman has uh, has the common cold had baby inside her also has a common cold no 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 it, it's not it's not like that all right the baby will not get the common cold because the mother is pregnant with the baby then oh. and then. no 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 okay yep. so you mentioned uh, pneumonia mm-hmm. what is the relationship is there a relationship between uh, colds flus and pneumonia okay so that's a very good question so the relationship which is there really has to do with whether or not one has got predisposing factors to worsening of the infection okay so what that simply means is this your airway will divide it into what we call your upper airway and your lower airway 
okay your lower airway will involve smaller tubes which come from this central tube which we call the trachea and then the bronchi which will then further divide into bronchioles you can look at it as uh, a tree you know a tree has got a trunk and then it's got branches which then form smaller branches the terminal ends of those are the leaves uh, in the case of the lungs, those are what we call the alveoli, where, you've, where you actually have got exchange of gases taking place. So what the body tries to do if you've got an upper respiratory tract infection, because if you've, got, if you've got influenza virus, if you've got an influenza virus infection, if you've got the common cold, predominantly it is an upper airways infection. Okay. And your body has got mechanisms which are in place to try to make sure that it remains in the upper airways. It's why you find that you produce mucus when okay. you've got the common cold. Because your body will be stimulated by the irritation, by the infection to produce more of that mucus so that it can try to clear out more of that, um, more of the infection. Okay. Okay. And then, of course, um, when you then, uh, when, 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 you say for example you have got a compromise um a compromised immune system uh your ability to produce that mucus is somewhat compromised okay? okay that basically means that those particles which are supposed to remain in the upper airways now can actually involve the lower airways oh. and it's now when you've got lower airways involvement when you've got lung involvement that's when you end up with pneumonia okay okay so it's not it's not it, it doesn't have anything the, the anything to do with actual cold air getting into the lungs or anything like that? Not necessarily. Mm. What cold air does is that cold air, like we had mentioned earlier on, it, 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 it increases the load of the virus, which is within the atmosphere. Say, for example, you, you're within a closed space. It's winter time. The air is very dry. I've got a flu. I'm coughing and sneezing all over the place. The chances of you catching the flu from me are actually higher than if, as I said earlier on, if it was in summer, it was in a more humid environment. So where this cold thing now comes about is in terms of how much, how much load versus what your body is able to tolerate and fight off effectively are you being actually exposed to? Well, there's some uh, messages here for you. Uh, Princess, listening in from the Avenue CBD, uh, says, Hey, it's not a question, but I just want to thank, say thank you very much to Dr. Nyangutsikwa. <laughs> uh, says, uh, thank you very much for bringing up this topic. This is very informative uh, it, and it will you. help us cope with the winter period. And she says, thank you and good night. Don't go anywhere, Princess. We're not yet done. 0731-168045 is our WhatsApp. There's still time for you to send your messages through and uh, Dr. Nyakutsikwa Herbert Nyakutsikwa in the studio with me and we're talking about flu and now we're hoping to look we were hoping to look into all those conditions but it looks like it may not happen uh, tonight but hopefully in some other programs to come and hopefully still in winter you know where it's still very very relevant yes, if you do have a pressing question quickly send it through again that number 0731 zero four five okay so now we've uh, we, we we have uh, we have a better understanding i have a better understanding i'm hoping that if you're listening right now you also have a better understanding on the differences and what exactly will be going on with our bodies so what happens when medication doesn't work what will be going on in the body is it advisable to then try all sorts of things and because sometimes even when you've been to the doctor and you've received a prescription prescription what's going on with your body is it is it not
not as effective is it a, is it a tougher strain uh, has it uh, maybe uh, learned is is it that your body isn't fighting as well what will be going on or has it mutated has it somehow because I, I, I somehow think that germs are like ninjas in our bodies. <laughs> and they're kind of always constantly thinking of ways like we don't want to die. We want to survive. We want to stay in this space. So what will be going on? So the way nature is like is that um, anything in existence always wants to survive. And it will do anything within its power to make sure that it does survive. Um, so... Uh, to, to, to answer your very first question in terms of uh, why seemingly maybe medication might not, might not actually work. Um, with viral infections, the common cold influenza, um, in, certain, in certain situations there is room to give antivirals. There are specific antivirals which are there. Not commonplace um, within a lot of setups, to be honest, unless if it's very severe type of influenza infection. But the general rule is because it's a virus, your body will be able to fight it off if we're dealing with the common cold, if we're dealing with a mild case of influenza. All right. Okay. So whatever medication is prescribed for the common cold for influenza, remember these are viruses, they are not bacteria. All right? okay. What that means is that antibacterial or anti antibiotics will not work to treat the common cold. They will not work to really? treat the, <laughs> the influenza virus. Yes, they will not work. They will not work. Because how antibiotics work, you've got different types of antibiotics that work. In some cases, some will disrupt um, the structure of bacterial cells and viruses do not have the same kind of structure as bacteria. Some will work to disrupt the mechanisms by which bacteria produce proteins that would otherwise cause certain symptoms, but those proteins are not there inside of the viruses. If you think about it from this perspective, if you're trying to um, hit a nail with the tip of a screwdriver, you're not really going to go far because the tip of a screwdriver is specifically made for screws. Mm -hmm. Same thing with antibiotics and bacteria. Okay. So sometimes what we do actually tend to see is that people will want to take antibiotics to treat the common cold, to treat the flu, but it's actually not the right kind of treatment for it. It's why sometimes you then find that, uh, say for example, a person is put on a course of uh, amoxicillin, um, or they, they go to the pharmacy and they ask, they ask for some amoxicillin, um, their symptoms might actually not go away. If anything, there is a risk that those symptoms can actually get worse. Your body has got what are called commensals. Commensals are protective bacteria, they line the surfaces of the body, okay? So you've got some which line the back of the throat, some which line uh, the inside of the, the, the nose as well as the gut. Antibiotics don't pick and choose and say, you know, these are good bacteria, these oh, so, are bad bacteria. So they just bacteria. go in and they sweep it clean? Depending on the mechanism by which that antibacterial agent or the antibiotic is actually working. Oh, okay. Okay, so... So, so by right, um, we have to be very careful there in terms of what medication we choose to take um, as, far as, as far as the common cold goes, as far as the influenza virus goes. And I think that's where we really come in because once you do have symptoms which you feel are, okay, they're pretty bad, you're having a really bad fever, your throat is extremely painful and you do not know what to do, you've taken painkillers, you've been taking anti-inflammatories, you've also been taking some paracetamol as well, which must, I must say is probably the safest 
medication you can take for pain and also even in terms of helping to manage you know a fever a headache as well okay um, you come in we assess you we see are there any signs of a bacterial infection sometimes if you do have a flu some flus can actually somewhat weaken your immune system which allows bacteria to then come in and cause what we call a super added infection it's in situations like that do we then prescribe antibiotics okay uh, got a question here and sure. I think that that's how we're going to end this show we've run out of time uh, Dr. Herbert could there be a major problem if a child as young as four is mostly attacked by influenza or common cold now you find out we find with lots of parents with infants out there uh, these kids go crash uh, kindergarten and every other week especially in winter they have a cold yes is there anything we can do as parents to stop this? And and how do and you're also getting it. What do you advise? Is there anything we can take? How can we protect the family, including our infants? Sure. So that's a good question. Um, I would say that um, first and foremost, the basic things. Okay, um, making sure that surfaces are clean. Because remember, you spoke and said that viruses can remain on surfaces for a bit of some time. So by cleaning surfaces, what you're, what you're doing is that you're reducing the total amount of the load of the virus that can potentially cause disease, okay? That's the first thing. Coupled with that, very good hand hygiene. Very, very important, okay? Um, again, with the advent of uh, COVID, people have learned the importance of having to sanitize hands frequently, you know. With children, of course, these things can be very, very difficult, even in terms of making sure that they put on a face mask properly. Washing their hands, and keeping their hands their clean. Hands and keeping their hands clean, that can be very difficult. And honestly, even for us adults as well, that can also True. be very difficult, okay? But the way, the way our bodies have been designed is they've been designed to be able to identify... A lot of a lot of a lot of organisms that we are what that we come into contact with and a lot of viruses we come into contact with, thereby learning how to fight them off. Dare I say it's somewhat of a necessary evil for a child to get the flu, because that's the only way their body is really going to learn how to fight this off. Okay. Because viruses are everywhere. We can't run away from that fact. So it's absolutely normal if these infants are getting these uh, col- this uh, common cold again and again and again. So now, again, it depends. Mm-hmm. Because, again, if the frequency is too much, um, of course, if the parent is worried, if as the caregiver you're worried, my best advice as far as that goes is go in to see your GP, go in to see your pediatrician so that they can assess and see are there any underlying diseases which are resulting in your child having this over and over and over again. But also bear in mind the fact that because we're in winter season and because children generally... Uh, the ones who usually spread these things. They're spreading from time them. To time. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to it's it's a fine line to walk. But um I think the most important piece of advice really would be to say that as a parent, as a caregiver, if you're worried about your child, just go get them seen and then we can pick it up from there. Dr. Herbert Nyakutsikwa, thank you so much for coming through. You've been so helpful this evening. Hoping that you were taking notes uh, wherever you're listening from. And do stay warm. Uh, this winter is just, uh, yeah, crazy cold. Uh, stay warm. My name is Patience Musa. Uh, Health Matters is back next week, same time, right here on ZFM Stereo. Lock it down. This is Health Matters with patience. Your choice, your life.